welcome back to move memoirs and if this is your very first time tuning in then welcome you're especially welcome today my guest emmanuel botchway founder of my fitability um and i'm super super happy to have you on the podcast today so thank you for joining me thank you for having me Steph. it's a pleasure thank you so much um so yeah i was I was explaining to you before we were on, on air <laughs> that um, I first found out about you when I was working for the Six Star Society and I was working in Hackney and I was sort of, my role was to basically improve the services that what people with Sickle Star in the Bar of Hackney were able to um, interact with. So one of the things yeah. that is close to my heart being a fitness trainer is the relationship between fitness and Sickle Star. And I didn't really feel like there was much of one. So in asking around, your name came up and so here you are on the show today <laughs> yes yes thank you and i'm so i'm so privileged for, for that to be the case really oh, amazing. it's just really really awesome that um people sort of look at uh, me and my story in that way yeah absolutely and so speaking of story i um, just want you to be able to share your story with the listeners so they can get a bit of an idea of what we're talking about today so over to you just a bit about your relationship with fitness so far and, and how you came into the fitness industry okay well um i suppose really well i have to get all the way back um to well i suppose my childhood now um as, as a young child growing up with sickle cell anemia um i was always told all these different types of myths um you know that that i wouldn't live past 30 for example mm. or um i shouldn't do exercise and stuff like that i was always sort of shunned away from living an active lifestyle right. um however my mother um was really sort of supportive from day one and she wanted me to sort of fit in and integrate mm. in society the best way possible um, and actually that would just to sort of just be as a be and live like a normal child right. um so pretty much i did everything my peers would do um for example if it meant me playing football i'll play football in primary school um i'll do athletics i'll take part in all sorts of sports right. and it wouldn't matter if there would be sort of a negative outcome to that um now me saying negative outcome what i'm what i mean by that is by me having a sickle cell crisis right you know, um, and I think that's basically how my relationship started, just me wanting to fit in and be like everyone else, really. Um, now, it all really changed for me um, at the age of around about, say, 13. Um, I went to a swimming gala. Um, and I mean, it's ironic because they, they always say that most black people can't swim, but I, I used to <laughs> dive and swim and all that. Yeah, that's um, a myth, guys. It's a myth. <laughs> Right, it is absolutely. <laughs> and anyway, um, after the swimming gala, um, I ended up having a chest crisis and caught pneumonia. Okay, and for those who don't know what a crisis is, if you could just like give them a quick, uh, yes. quick lesson on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so a sickle cell crisis, um, is where, um, if you have sickle cell anemia mm. or sickle cell beta thalassemia, your blood cells change shape from a normal, let's say, it's from a no normal circular shape. Right. into a half moon or crescent shape and that's usually when there's infection or there's a lot of stress on the body or lack of oxygen mm -hmm. your blood cells basically mutate and um, it forms um, a sickle cell shape in the blood which then gets trapped in um, the veins and um, gets trapped transport sorry transferring oxygen around the body mm -hmm. um, which then basically causes what we call painful crises 
um, in certain areas of the body. Right. Um, it could be anywhere from like your, your joints or like your knees or your shoulders or arms or legs. Um, but in my case at this time, it was a chest. Right. Um, and chest crises are really serious because um, obviously uh, the chest um, is near the heart and lungs and stuff like that. So a lot of the vital organs are in that area. Right. Um, so yeah, I, at the age of 13, I had a chest crisis and I was taken into hospital and I subsequently um, died. I actually died. I had a near-death experience, actually. Wow. Um, and, and died of, of, um, and came back to life. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and um, off the back of it, um, I came out of the coma learning how to, well, sorry, having to learn, I should say, how to do everything again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that included me sort of um, walking and talking and stuff like that. And that's my first experience of um, having to train myself up, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you were around, you were around 13, yeah. 14? Yeah, I was about 13, 14. 13, 14, okay. Yeah. How did, that, how did that develop, like, once you left hospital? Okay, well, well actually, and, and, this, and this is the beauty and the irony of the story. My training actually started in the hospital. Um, yeah. It started with a physiotherapy. Okay. Obviously trying to help me stand up. And um I was given a wheelchair. So at the time my leg was in um what they call traction. So you know if you break your leg and you've got the weight to the bottom of your leg pulling your leg up. Yeah. My leg was actually being pulled out of the socket Ooh. to avoid the um pain around the joints. Right. And um so I had to learn how to uh walk again. But I was in a wheelchair first. And I used to take the wheelchair that um around the hospital. So I used to basically do work like wheelchair racing mm-hmm. on my own <laughs> around the hospital. So go from like the ground floor all the way to the fifth floor and back down. So I used to, I used to build up my, my arm strength, right. my chest strength, just moving in a wheelchair. So people just wonder um, like, what is And then slowly after, yeah, exactly. They were just like, what, what, I mean, what am I doing? I just remember like wheeling around the hospital like a, <laughs> like it was a racetrack. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean that, 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 when I think back about it, it's, it's amazing because that's the first, honestly, it's the first time that I can actually remember my muscles burning. Wow, yeah. And actually imagine. enjoying enjoying that, that, that feeling of muscle ache. I mean, right. You know, of like, like my, my muscles being fatigued, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so that's, that's my first one. And then after the wheelchair, I went to crutches, from crutches to Zimmer frame. Okay. Up until I ended up walking back out of hospital, so that's my first recollection of obviously having to build up slowly to achieve something. So then, once you, know, you, then, you left hospital, um, how did like what was? I mean, you can fast forward a few years. I'm asking you to document the yeah. whole like your whole life, but in terms of like your relationship with fitness and and you stepping into the industry, like when did that start? And like how did yeah? Yeah. Okay, so in terms of me um it's it's, it's just not crazy it's, in terms of me actually saying right this is what i want to do for a professional this is what i want to make my living off um it was many years later probably about 15 years later when um i i used to work in uh tv and music and music industry and um i had a great time sort of working in the industry but it wasn't really fulfilling right and um the one thing i didn't know is that i wanted i, I wanted to do something i loved mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I had no, I had no passion like the passion I had for fitness and just working out and training and stuff like that and being in the gym, yeah. you know, um, socializing, talking to people, meeting people. 
And so um, I quit my job in sort of the media yeah. and went to learn how to become a fitness instructor. So um, in, t- in terms of me becoming a fitness professional, it was all organic, really. Um, now, I, after I left my job in media, I, um, I learned to become a fitness instructor. And it was simply because I wanted to do something right. that I loved doing. Um, and that, like, all the time, everyone used to think that I was a personal trainer anyway in the gyms and stuff. Um, everyone would ask me for help and stuff like that. So I just thought I should learn to do it. And once I qualified, um, I went to work in a place mm-hmm. called Fusion. Now, Fusion is one of the local um, council gyms. So um, basically, it's like one of your local leisure centers. Um, and I had a great experience learning there, actually. I um, got to learn how to teach classes, how to train people properly, get people um, um, excited and motivated yeah. about their fitness. And what I noticed was that there was a niche in the market for helping people with disabilities. Um, quite a few people would, with disabilities would come to the gym um, to work out. and um, a higher percentage of them would actually because around about 80% of people with disabilities are unemployed. Um, so what this means is that they've got a lot of time on their hands and they want to do stuff yeah. with their day. And a lot of them would ex- ex- exercise. Um, but what I noticed that is that they weren't being supported um, by the industry um, with their mm-hmm. exercise and fitness. So really it was something that I thought I should focus on. And um, the main motivation was there was a young man that came down to the gym one time and um, he came down in the pouring yeah. rain and I went to support him and assist him with training. And the manager at the time of that gym that I was working in said to me that he's not paying me to work with people with disabilities and wow. I should clean the machines, get on with cleaning the gym it's floor crazy. and stuff like that. And that's when I was it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> And that's when I was like, right, okay, I've got to use this as a motivation to build um, mm-hmm. my business. And um, so my fitability actually came from the, the the idea of helping people with a disability, hence why it's called my fit ability as opposed right. to my disability. That's really cool, actually. Um, so I kind of, yeah, yeah. So that's actually why I, I took... Uh, so I took the disability and put fit ability rather than yeah. disability, if that makes sense. And that's how I came up with the name. And um, it also, it, it just generated with me because every time that I got ill mm-hmm. through my sickle cell, I had to build right. myself back up every single time. Every single time. You know, I'd have a crisis. I'd have to learn how to walk again. Or I'd have to build up my fitness from just w- getting out of bed to be able to walk yeah. down the street, you know, and it's, the, it's that perseverance and that motivation of having to, every time I'm ill, having to lose all my muscle, lose my physique, um, lose my strength, um, even, lose, even lose my, um, even lose my mental health at, right. at certain times with a yeah. sickle cell. And I have to build myself back up and then come forward and then continue again. Um, it, it, you know, having a sickle cell, it, it's really giving me sort of resilience and perseverance so now that you're like you've, you have your own brand and what are some of the yeah. things that you would say that have been like challenging in terms of building that up yeah okay now well there's quite a lot of things right so first and foremost um i think everyone that wants to get into the fitness industry they have to remember that it's a long and arduous road 
Yeah. Um, right now, fitness is the in thing. Yeah. Right. Like you know, it's it's cool. The 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 the, the internet has made it cool. Instagram mm. has made it cool. Facebook has made it cool. Um, and stuff like that. So fitness is the in thing. Mm-hmm. Now, in order for you to really make your brand outstanding, um, the first thing you got to think about is think about the people that you work with, the people that you serve. You know, um, for me, it's it's never been about building a cool brand or having a brand identity or anything like that. It's just been about making a difference to others. You know, um, it's taken a long time for me to know what I'm meant to do with my life, and I believe that I'm there to encourage and support and motivate other people. Yeah. For for you to be in the fitness industry, you have to be like that. You have to be willing to give all your energy out, expel your energy out, and not expect it to come back. Right. You know, not only that, um, fitness and and people are fickle. Like like a a prime example for me. And this, and this is the, the, like, I laugh about this all the time because most of my clients I get because, um, so, so when I think my clients, I'm talking about my one-to-one personal training clients. Right. So my yeah. clients that want to change their body image and stuff like that. My one-to-one clients, they come to me because they've, they've been dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend or they, they're, or they lost their job. They, and they want they, the revenge they want body. <laughs> yeah, they want the revenge body. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so it's like, all right, I'm going to show him, I'm going to show her, and that's when they put the work in. And then once they get it, or they get the new relationship, or they get the girlfriend back, <laughs> boom, <laughs> they're gone, you know, because, because they, they put in what they wanted to go out of it, and then then they're gone. Right. And then, right. you know, so it's a very fickle um, industry. But, but, but the thing is to really love what you do, mm. you know, love what you do and that, that passion is what will sell you the passion that you give other people that's what will sell you and build your brand yeah you know and and um the, the, i mean there's so there's so many different elements to, to fitness as well you've got the one-to-one classes you've got the group exercise you've got the strength training the mobility the mindfulness the well-being that you know we were talking about total fitness here so it's not just about um, incorporating your, your your business strategy into just one element of fitness. Yeah. You're looking for total fitness. Yeah, and I also feel like it's if de- like you said, I think it's definitely about understanding where you fit in to the industry because, like you said, it's a it's a it's a massive industry, but there are niches, and it's important for you to know yeah. like where you can be most helpful. So for you, you you felt that you could be most helpful, you know, working with people with disabilities and, and getting fitness to be more accessible for them. So I think that is very important. Um, yeah. And actually, so one of the things that, like I was saying at the beginning in terms of um, when I was working in, in the, you know, working for the Sickle Society and, and when I was um, exploring that relationship between exercise and, and Sickle Soul in, in that there wasn't much of a relationship. I know you've spoken about like you realising that people with disabilities didn't get that opportunity to to work out in a way that others would. What would you say mm-hmm. is the reason that there isn't much more of a discussion on like exercise in terms of health and well-being when it comes to sickle cell so we talk about like diet and how to manage like you know practical practical things but we don't we rarely mention that relationship between exercise what do you think it is that that makes that relationship non-existent or 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 not as existent as it should be especially when it comes yeah. to sickle cell and fitness why people shy away okay. from the two yeah so i know exactly what it is i know exactly what it is um and so i'll get a bit emotional actually because 
this is something that people with people mm-hmm. that don't have sickle cell won't get this, but people that do have it, and I'm sure your listeners will, will identify with this. There is nothing on this planet that can give you um, so much fear than knowing that you're going to do something that could potentially be life-threatening. Yeah? And with sickle cell, it's not a joke. You know, every time, every time, I mean, there's been times that I've, I've, I've struggled to breathe. There's been times that I thought I'm mm-hmm. going to die by when I'm doing sports. Um, for example, like when I was, when I, when I was like in my teens doing basketball and stuff like that, there was a few times I had to be carried by my friends to the hospital because I couldn't breathe because I, um, I had mm. chest crises from, from um, working out or playing too much basketball and stuff like that and pushing yeah. my body to the limit, you know? And that fear of, okay, well, if I'm going to train, I'm going to squat. If I squat too heavy, if that's not going to bring on a, a crisis in my lower back or my shoulders later, or that fear is, mm. most people, it's not worth yeah. it, you know? And that's why I can understand people with sickle cell don't want to um, yeah. take that risk. Because when you've got that pain, that pain is right. the worst pain on this earth, you know. And you know, I I I I I could I could I could look the way I do now, um, and and say what I'm saying now. Because I I think genuinely, and um, as I said to you, I I I've I've pushed my right. myself to the limit right. where I've died and come back to life. So so I'm not like honestly, mm. I'm not scared anymore. Like, I'm not scared of dying, being afraid of a crisis, uh, having a crisis anymore. Because, um, in my opinion, um, we 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 exist in two forms. We exist in a physical form and a spiritual form. It's mm-hmm. our spirit that gives us the get up and go, and the drive and the perseverance, you know. And it's the physical that at times can limit us. So. I understand why there's not that relationship with fitness and sickle cell because it can be scary. Right. You know, there's there's so there's nothing right. really like honestly, there's nothing like me going to the gym, lifting, doing my personal best in on squats, for example, and thinking to myself, right, in the next couple of hours, I might have a crisis because I've right. gone past my limit. Yeah. I'm not knowing whether yeah. you've gone past your limit. You know, so that fear, that fear can stop you. Yeah, yeah, even the fear of just waiting that you might have a crisis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's like like it might not even be the physical aspect of it, but just literally the fear alone that might might stop um, people from wanting to to even try. Exactly. Yeah. So so I can understand. You know. um, But what would you say? Try try it exactly. yeah. Yeah. What would you say in terms of like? for you if you could give anyone with sickle cell um any like tips or advice on 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 fitness on on how to start and maybe do it i guess safely or how from your personal experience yeah. it's not like their doctor giving them advice but what would you say just from your own personal experience if someone was saying yeah, i have sickle cell but i do want to have um, a better fitness journey what are, what are some tips that you might be able to give okay now i would say um i would say if it's something you want to do you have to do it. You gotta go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, simple. You've only got one life to live out here, and mm-hmm. tomorrow's not promised. Um, with fitness, 
the one thing that can be confirmed is that your overall well-being will improve your physical and mental well-being will improve right. with exercise now um it's best to start off slow just start off slow you know say for example even if you're going to a gym there's no point say for example there's no point in going to a gym yeah. in my opinion if, if you're struggling to do 10 push-ups at home do you know what i mean yeah so start you're better off going at home build up from 10 to 15 to 20 um, push-ups or 10 minute walk to 15 minute walk 20 minute walk or five minute run to 10 minute run mm-hmm. build yourself up Rome wasn't built in a day right you know the one thing you gotta remember is this is your fitness journey yeah. and it's your body yeah my, my body is different from your body and I might be able to do one thing and you may be able to do another thing that I can't do and stuff like that right you know we're, we're, we're all individuals out here and you have to get to know your body you know and and your and your limit that's so important you know? yeah and that that goes for anyone I think just in general with fitness that is the story that is it, it's so unique to everybody so you know no matter what um thing you might have like that you know you might have sickle cell or you might have like diabetes or you might just be someone who's not very confident yeah. like it's all about finding your way into it and like you're navigating it in a way that's personal to you so that's a really good point actually absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely so i wanted to ask you um how you feel like your personal fitness journey has changed over the years i know we touched on um your relationship with fitness very early on and then obviously your relationship as a personal trainer now how is the way the way you feel about fitness and and the way it features in your life how has that changed okay now um wow it's changed incredibly right so um you know sometimes when i think about how I, I stumbled into this position. It's it, it's so funny because just like any other uh, young young adult, mm-hmm. um, when I went to university, um, it was a, a an independence I never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just like any other hot blooded male, um, one of the first things when you go to university. That you want to be attractive to the, the opposite sex, and um, for, so, so so for me, um, part of me getting into the gym was to socially improve, but yeah. obviously physically improve as well, and actually become more attractive to the opposite sex. Right. So that's actually I started building my muscles and all that stuff for that initially. And um, the, the, I've got to be honest with you, there's there's no, I think for most men, there's no there's no there, there's no drive like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no driving fitness like that. The pursuit of um, a partner. There, there's no drive like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as we get as we get older, <laughs> that drive slowly starts slipping away. Now, when I look back at myself, like ten years ago, on like physically how I used to look mm-hmm. compared to now, I'm totally different before i was like hulking muscle i, I probably lost about four stone in muscle okay in, in terms of muscle now. one of the things that happens is as you become a fitness impre- a professional you spend more time focusing on others and less time focusing on yourself yeah yeah so i am to be brutally honest with you i am really training i'm very really training at the moment i'm, I'm mainly coaching and training other people right I'm so busy training other people. 
I barely get to train myself now. Okay. Um, and that's the consequence of obviously building a business um, like that. Yeah. Um, you spend more time working with other people and less time working on yourself. Um, fitness and particular, particularly like one of the sports that I was in initially was bodybuilding. Okay. Bodybuilding is a very lonely sport. You know, it's a very lonely individual and selfish sport. Mm. It's all about you, what you eat, your diet. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's like very like you know, strict and structured. Yeah, 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 and disciplined. Yeah, and it's very narcissistic. It's a very cold and lowly sport. Mm. Um, and uh, most people don't get it, you know. But for you to get that that hulking body, that that chiseled six pack, the huge, you know, twenty inch arms and all that, there's <laughs> a lot of sacrifice that, that, that you have to have to do. But then, as as you as you achieve that, you want other things in in, in life as you get older, isn't it? So yeah, um, comes to the sideline, and other things become more important. And um, f- for me, it was actually for me building the business and supporting and encouraging others is far more important. And then not only that, um, Steph, but this whole the whole COVID the virus mm. thing right now transformed the fitness industry and um things won't ever be the same you know i agree i agree is, with that yeah you know um i'm somebody who to be brutally honest i've struggled during this lockdown because okay. i'm somebody that i'm a catalyst i'm a generator i need to be around people and i need to be encouraging people motivating people in the yeah. flesh yeah yeah whereas now people are trying to do these courses and these classes on Zoom and um, doing doing it virtually rather than being in front of each other. And that's mm-hmm. not I like to to work. I like to be around people and in the flesh generating that energy. Yeah. Um. In like in the gyms and stuff like that. So um, it's it's a really interesting time in fitness. Actually, the whole world will change um because of this virus. We've been told to stay still. Yeah. You know, um, the same gyms may open in the next month or two, but when those gyms open, there's going to be a space for different types of training because they're not going to, I think outdoor training is going to be the one that's going to really blast off, you know? I agree. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, that, that's to give you a sort of some sort of insight. So me already um, preempting this, I have now started developing classes um at outdoor gyms now so i'm I'm doing i'm doing training sessions at outdoor in outdoor gyms so um last year i was involved with a project where we set out a load of outdoor gyms in croydon amazing Um, so we built five out gyms yeah in croydon and um i'm now using those gyms to basically train people outside and you get them to use those spaces that's that's cool. I think working out outside of the gym, like in other places, it was it was starting to catch on. It was it was getting a bit more yeah. um popularity. And I think with this, with the whole COVID situation, that's just literally blown it through the roof. So ask you, um, what would you say has been your biggest proud moment, I guess? Like biggest thing you've ever come? Uh in fitness, my proudest I don't know, one of them might be um Become a finalist in the, uh, last year. Well, this sorry, this nineteen uh, twenty twenty. This year, I was crowned a finalist in the Quaden Business Awards. Oh, amazing! I mean, I mean, I've had quite a few. I had quite a few moments this year, actually. Well, sorry, uh, 
the end of last year and this year. Now, um, there were three that really stood out. Uh, one was obviously the Quaid Business Awards, as I said. Two was the BBC came and filmed the documentary, My Sickle Cell and My Story. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't shared it. Yeah, it's a documentary called What What Dying Taught Me. And um, okay. you can, if you just Google, if you just Google What Dying Taught Me, it will come up on the BBC website. And that was pretty cool. And I just get to share my story um, with, with people as well. And um, not only that, but also there was this, um, yeah. the for World Sickle Cell Day last okay. year, there was another documentary that was filmed um, about my story as well, which just yeah. sort of did light on all the stuff that I've gone through with the sickle cell. Um, okay. And that can be found That's on YouTube cool. as well. It's called I think it's called World World Sickle Cell Stories. Right. Yeah, World Yeah Stories. And if you just type in Emmanuel or whatever, it'll come up. Just type in my name Emmanuel and then World Sickle Cell Story. And I just so it just it's just really about me being able to share my story with sickle cell and fitness. Really, it's just a, the, the, I mean yeah. I mean it's something that I never thought would happen, but you know it's a blessing. If anything I've gone through can motivate and encourage others, then um, I just want to share something to my brothers and sisters with sickle mm-hmm. cell. Um, you know, the first thing that I really want you guys to know is that I'm extremely proud of all your journeys. Um, we all have our own journey with sickle cell, and that in itself um, is is indescribable. Um, I don't know what your pain is like. I know what my pain is like. I don't know what your pain for a shoulder is like, but I know what mine is like. So we can never, we, I mean, we can always compare or we can discuss, you know, but mm-hmm. um, it's something particularly in the sickle cell community that we don't actually have the chance to, you know. So the first thing I want to let you guys know is that I'm so proud of you guys, man, for being able to continue to live with such a condition. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, you know. But the one thing I do know, yeah, is that God has a purpose for, for each and every one of us. And I don't want you to, particularly with, with having sickle cell, can be so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want you to know that God has given you the, the strength to deal with those painful bones because we are not just made up of flesh. Yeah, we're made up of spirit too. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to build you up for something incredible. Um, and I just want you to know that sometimes when the road is tough, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's about trusting in, in, in God, God and just knowing that in the end, the purpose will be revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to encourage you guys to look after your, your health and fitness. You know, um, it's something that, yes, I've done. Um, I want you guys to try your best. Get out there, you know, go for a run, go for a jog, go cycling. Go rowing, go swimming, do whatever, do things that you've never done before because you only have one life, you know, and get to know your bodies um, importantly, but don't overexert yourself and take each day at a time, you know. Um, and if there's anything that I can do, please just reach out to me on the socials, Absolutely. you know. Um, yeah, and that's it, really. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate that. No worries. Um, so, yeah, like like you said, if you do want to get in contact with Emmanuel, um, I'm going to post up all his socials and um, 
everything I can, basically. Even, even I'm going to try and find a way to post up um, the documentary that you, you spoke about as well, so people can have a look at that. Yeah, well. thank you. So thank you so much for coming to the show and for sharing. Um, today has been really super inspiring. And thank you, Jess. All the best with everything. Um, I'm going to continue to follow your journey. And, yeah, it's been a pleasure. God bless God you. Bless thank you. you so much for sharing my story. Man. Sorry. Thank you for having me. Thank you so and much. Good luck with me, Memoir. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a question about today's episode, then find me in the comment section and let's continue the conversation. And if you're in the fitness industry, you're a fitness professional in any way, shape or form, and you want to share your story, then find me on Instagram at movememoirs, all one word, and let's connect. In the meantime, guys, stay active, stay well, stay safe, and God bless. Thank you.